living in the truth john chapter 3 verse 2021 those who do evil things hate the light and will not come to the light because they do not want their evil deeds to be shown up but those who do what is true come to the light in order that the light may show that what they did was in obedience to god praise the lord bwana yesu asifiwe A very warm welcome to the Jacob Christian Union podcast. My name is Simon Nina Kasoy. Here is a sermon preached by Bishop Oginde Living in the Truth in 2021 and he tackles the questions why did Jesus come to the world? Do we appreciate the light or we think living in Christ is being in bondage? Are our actions according to the light that Jesus came to shed? are we living by the truth so be blessed apostle john made a very interesting observation about how people received jesus when he was here on earth and uh, he gives us that story from chapter number 1 uh, and keeps on and in chapter 3 verse 19 Uh, he says this is the verdict light has come into the world but people have loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God what john is saying here is that the reason jesus came into the world was because the world was in darkness but jesus was the light of the world and so naturally we would expect that people would have really appreciated light coming into darkness but strangely people rejected the light why because people loved darkness instead of light they feared that if they got into the light the light would reveal and expose their deeds Is it true that many of the evil things that happen around us actually happen in darkness? People do evil things in darkness. Even thieves operate mostly in darkness. But John goes ahead to make a very powerful assertion in verse number 21. And he says, whoever lives by the truth comes into the light in other words those who live in the truth or by the truth do not fear the light instead they actually run towards the light they actually love the light why because as john said jesus said in john chapter 14 verse 6 he was talking to his disciples just before he left and Thomas asked him to show them the way and Jesus answered and said I am the way I am the truth and I am the light 
no one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, to know the truth is to know Christ. To live in the truth is to live in Christ. It is no wonder the Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32, to the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold on to my teaching, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The implication here is that those of us who believe in Jesus, but go beyond just believing in Jesus and live according to his teaching, his word, are the true disciples of Jesus Christ. These people know the truth, and that truth sets them free. That is why true disciples of Jesus are not afraid to come into the light because they live in the truth, and that truth sets them free. Many people think that when you come to Christ, then you come into bondage. Your freedom is curtailed. You are not able to do the things that you would want to do. Contrary, contrary. Because being in Christ is where there is true freedom. Fish live in water. And so supposing I have a pond perhaps the size of this room and put several fish in it. They are free to go east, west, south, north. They are free to move anywhere within that pond. They can go down, they can come up. That is the freedom that the fish have. But supposing one fish thinks, this is too restrictive. I want to go beyond the pond and they jump out of the pond, what will happen? They will die. Because fish can only be alive in water. And they find their freedom as long as they live within the boundaries of the water of the pond. In like manner, God has created us in his image and we are only alive in him. And he has put a bound around us within which we are free. And that's why the Bible says, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. You are free to move within that space and do whatever you want to do. But the moment you decide to jump outside of the boundaries that God has given us, you die. For the wages of sin is death. And so, if we are going to live in the truth, then we must live within what God has told us to live by. In practical terms, what does it mean to live in the truth? In his letter to the Colossians, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 11, Paul used at least three imperatives to point out what it means to live in the truth. Who is Jesus Christ? He points out that to live in truth 
the God's word, we must, number one, be heavenly focused. We find that in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. We must be holy in character in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 to 7. And we must be honorable in our speech in Colossians chapter 3, verse 8 to 11. Heavenly focused. He says in verse number 1 of chapter 3, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. What does Paul say here to the people? He says that they should do two things. They should set their hearts in things of heaven, and they should set their minds on things of heaven. In other words, to love the things of heaven and to be heavenly minded. The gospel that we have heard and the Christ we believe in is a gospel of transformation that must take place in our whole outlook to life. Our heart's desires must move from the things of this world to the things of heaven. Our minds must not be preoccupied with earthly things, but rather with the things of heaven. And so Paul says, set your hearts on things above. What does it mean to set our hearts on things above? I believe it means that we must cultivate a very special love for the things of God above the things of this world. The Apostle John had some very instructive caution on this matter. He told his readers in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17, that may be familiar to many of us. He says in verse 15, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. What John seems to be pointing out in this passage is that the love of this world and the love of God are mutually exclusive, they cannot coexist. You cannot love the world and also love God. It is not practically possible. They are mutually exclusive. Because all that is in the world, he says, the lust of the flesh, those things that satisfy our physical appetites, the lust of the eyes, those things that are attractive to our sight, and the pride of life, that inherent human nature, 
or, or desire to show off the little that we have is not or are not of the Father, but of the world. This means that the moment a person sets their hearts to pursue these things, then that very desire for the things of this world will choke out their desire to live for God. Jesus himself, in the parable of the sower, said in Mark chapter 4, verse 18 to 19, that the seeds sown among thorns are those who hear the words, but the worries of this life, the deceitful of wealth, and the desires for those things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. It has been amazing how many people have abandoned the faith simply because they love the things of this world. I have had friends who really love the Lord. Some of them we will see you lead us together with them when we were in campus. But some of them now do not walk according to God's word. They have abandoned the faith because their lives have been choked by the things of this world. Brothers and sisters who lived true to the saying that the higher you go, the cooler it becomes. And so they, as they climb the ladder of success, their desire and passion for God also became cooler. Men and women who have sold their souls at the altar of momentary pleasures. At the end of his life, Paul wrote to Timothy with a very heavy heart concerning a very close companion of his called Demas. Demas worked with Paul in the ministry. They traveled around preaching the word of God. And in the list of the people that he loved was a man called Demas. But in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, he writes to Timothy and he says, Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. This man who had served the Lord so much, loved the world and deserted the ministry and went to Thessalonica, which is known as, at the time, a city of great pleasure. No wonder Paul calls on every one of us to set our hearts on things above. We are not saying that you cannot enjoy the good of this world. Then you might as well go to heaven. But we are saying that you must not allow the good of this world to steal the love of God from your heart. How do we know that a person loves the world? It is when they are put to test in difficult times. When the devil destroyed all that Job had, this great man of God distinguished himself as one who had set his heart on things above. He simply declared, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away, praise be to his name. How many of us would do that? All his property was destroyed. All his wealth was destroyed. All his children were destroyed. 
And yet, Job falls down on his face and cries out and says, Praise be to God. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Compare that with his wife. Having apparently set her mind on things below, on the things of this world, when she looked at the destruction that had come upon them, she could not bear the loss and suffering. And so she went to her husband and said, Why don't we curse God and die? Because for her, life was meaningless and useless without the things that they had acquired. And we have seen many people commit suicide because they have not passed an exam. Some have committed suicide because their girlfriend has left. Others have committed suicide because their boyfriend has left. Others have done crazy things because they have lost their properties. But Job says the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. It means that these things were good while they lasted. But even if they are taken away, I will still hang on to my God. Setting your heart on things above. But secondly, he says that we should set our minds on things above. So it is not just a matter of the heart, but it's also a matter of the mind. 